What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode here at Hack Your Finances, where we talk all things faith and finances, but with a fresh and new perspective. And today, I'm pumped for this episode. Uh, We're going into the new year, and uh, one of my favorite times of the year, because we are talking about the new year, new me, new money. And uh, no, but all jokes aside, I love this time of year. Uh, I know some people hate New Year's resolutions. I think they get a bad rap all the time, but I love it. I love that this time of year is a point where we get introspective and we look at, you know, the last year, we evaluate, we look at who we are, we look at what we've done, and we get to look into the next year with faith, with expectation, with excitement, knowing that we can be better than we were the year before. We can look at our fitness, we can look at our health and go, hey, I'm going to do better than I did before. We can look at our finances, we can look at our family, we can look at our faith. We have all these spaces in our lives that we can evaluate and that we can start to have deeper conviction to make change. And so today, I want to talk about how to have some New Year's resolutions, some new new money perspectives um, as we think about 2024 and what that can look like. Um, and so before I dive into, you know, any practical tips or hacks or ways to be able to live this out, how to stay changed, you know, I, I think that's one of the big things when it comes to New Year's resolutions is how to stay changed. I think initial change is easy. Staying change is hard. So we're going to dive into that in a minute. But before we even go there, be- before we even talk about how to live out the change, how to live out the New Year's resolutions, I want to take a moment with deep conviction, with deep passion to be able to look you, if you're watching, um, look you in the eye. Um, if you're listening, have extra listening ears on um, to encourage you and challenge you to have bigger vision and have bigger faith when it comes to your finances in the year 2024. And let me tell you why. I believe as believers and as Christians um, that when I look at the scripture, we have a God-given mandate and call to serve people, to bless people, to live generous lives, and to make a difference. And so when I look at that in the scriptures, I know that there's a component of my finances that is directly attached to my ability to do that. And so when I talk about dreaming big, when I talk about setting goals, when I talk about having vision, um, that's why I get so pumped about it because I go, there are people on the other side of your financial success. That's right. I'm going I'm to say that one more time. There are people on the other side of your financial success that they're, they're waiting for you to crush it in your business so that you can be extra generous. There are family members that are looking to you to rise above what everybody else in the family has ever done. There's people that you're going to school as the first generation to ever complete, get a college degree and they're looking to you. And so, man, I just encourage you, if you're listening to this, man, dream bigger, look, lift your eyes just a little bit higher. Um, And I just even like specifically talk about Midwest for a minute because man, I've found that like Nebraska, our state saying used to be, you know, the good life. And uh, I feel like that that has become the, become the aspiration of the Midwest is like, I'm just here to live a good life with good people, with a good family, and hopefully do a couple good things before I die. Um, and I vehemently oppose that being the sum total of my life. And I hope this challenges you and to, to dream bigger and to go, my life is not destined just to be good enough for me, good enough for my family and good enough just to get to retirement. Because I believe that there are lives, there's eternity, there is souls attached to us being people, a bigger vision of bigger passion of bigger impact. Um, and that's why that's a big part of why I do this is because uh, I want to stir that in people to be able to have big vision. Um, Cause I think there's businesses, nonprofits that are meant to serve people, meant to make a difference. Um, but they're hiding behind the 
banner of just living a good life. Um, and so that's my opening tangent. Um, and I will round it out because I always love rounding out strong opinions with uh, godliness with contentment. It's great gain. And so I think there is something absolutely valuable and powerful about being content. Um, but I uh, believe it's so important not to get complacent in our purpose, get complacent in our passion to help people, to serve people. Um, and so all that to say, as we talk about new year, new me, uh, talk about new year's resolutions, I encourage you dream bigger, uh, take a play out of Grant Cardone's playbook, but 10 exit, you know, whatever you think that, whatever your finances, you want to look at it, uh, start to dream bigger and start to think bigger than just yourself or think bigger. Um, I think we need got to be realistic, but I think it's so important to set big, fun goals when it comes to uh, new year, new me. And so the first thing that I want to talk about um, when it comes to being able to live out a life of conviction, a life of New Year's resolutions, is uh, the first thing that I want to encourage you with and like start with, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's a piece that I don't think ever gets old, is being able to start from a place of identity. Um, I think uh, where we miss so often in New Year's resolutions is that we detach our identity from the things that we do. And that ultimately leads just to a behavior, a time where we have behavior modification. But if we are thinking about lasting change, there's countless studies on this, countless books you can read. Um, we've talked about it, Atomic Habits, but it's when we can actually produce change is when we have a change in our identity. And so whatever your New Year's aspirations are, um, whatever that looks like in your finances, it starts and it's got to get deep rooted into who we are, a part of our identity. Not just something I do, but it's who I am. I am a person that goes to the gym. I don't just go to the gym. I am a person that runs a budget. I'm a person that invests. I am a person that delays gratification for the greater good. I am a person of generosity that gives above and beyond. I am a person that is deeply motivated to make a difference. These are all statements of identity and who I am. And those are things that get much harder to cheat because it's hard to cheat yourself when you know that's who you are. It's way easier to, to cheat a diet or an action. Um, but if I am a healthy person, it gets way harder to be unhealthy um, because it's a part of who I am. And uh, there's a layer of internal integrity um, that actually creates like a level of cognitive dissonance. And that's the layer of the powerful component of having identity, a part of the conversation. Um, is it actually creates some of that you're like, that's not, that's not, that's not who I am. Um, and so I think that's a great starting point is looking at who you are, looking at who you are in your finances. That's right. You have a financial profile that is your identity, whether you think about it, whether you like it or not, you have it. Um, and do you know how I know you have it? Because banks look at you and they go, so-and-so has an identity and they're going to look at credit score. They're going to look at debt owed. They're going to look at net worth. They're going to look at cash on hand. They're going to look at all these things and they're going to create a profile of who you are in your identity. And the beautiful thing is we have the opportunity and the choice to shape that into the person that we want to be. And so I think our identity is the first layer um, that we should start with and like are able to leverage when it comes to our New Year's resolution. But I think really the fun part, the thing that we're all itching for is the goals. Like what, what is it going to look like? I, I think of like goals and I think about New Year's resolutions. Like there's always a preferred future that we're looking forward to. So we close our eyes and we go, hmm, it is January 1st, 2024. How cool would it be if my life looked like X? on December 31st, 2024. And so 365 days from now, I can have a picture in my mind's eye of a preferred future of what my finances look like. 
And uh, I can't tell you what that looks like. I think that there's a lot of roadmaps um, to follow. Um, but I, I think that when I think about you know the average person's journey, there's a lot of really fun things that we can close our eyes and dream about. There's the person that has you know that Chase credit card that's had 10 grand on it for the last two years. And they're going, man, how cool would it be if by the end of this year, I actually paid that off? Like that's an exciting preferred future. There's people that they close their eyes and they go, this is the year I'm buying a rental property. This is the year I'm buying my own house. This is the year where I take my family on a vacation, not on a credit card, but with cash. I saved in advance. These are things that we can like begin to put into our new year's resolution goals and excitement about the things that we're going to shift and change. Um, and it sets, it starts with some of these goal settings, the things that we dream about in the preferred future. Um, and so I think just to bring this back to like a landing zone, practical tips, what does this look like? New year's resolutions, setting some goals, I think is being able to sit down and being able to say and articulate and write down, man, what are the behaviors that you want to change? that'll lead to the outcomes of the preferred future that you want. So that's just really practical. Pre- behavior change that'll lead to the preferred outcome. And it's it's I love that it's literally that binary. Um, everybody's looking for some secret sauce or secular formula, and it's just literally reverse engineering. You go, what's the preferred future? And what is the behaviors that lead to that? And if I can do, if I can conquer those, I know that by the end of this year, I'm gonna be crushing towards the goals that I've set. And I know that my financial future is going to look different than it did at the beginning of the year. And so we're talking about behavior. We're talking about a preferred future, but I want to take a moment and I want to just riff a little bit on our behavior because um, like I said, New Year's resolutions, great opportunity to change identity and change our behavior that's attached to it. We've talked a bit about like, man, behavior that'll lead to the preferred outcome. But I think it'll be great just to take a little bit moment and snapshot just some of the behavioral things that we can talk about because our behavior drives so much of the outcomes that we want to see in our finances. And while that is attached to our identity and the identity is the hard work, we also have to do the heart, the, the layer that goes, what is the behaviors that I'm going to change? Um, desire doesn't just, le- desire doesn't equal behavior change. Um, it's a great starting point, but it doesn't actually lead to it. And so I think some just like really simple roadmap things that we can put into place around behavior change, I think is number one. Um, part of this journey is like written financial plan. Um, you've heard me talk about this before, but I'm such a big fan of like, what are your financial goals, aspirations are the on paper and have you started to create a roadmap to get there? Um, if it's not on paper, it doesn't exist. Uh, it's one of my favorite sayings that a buddy of mine used to say, if it's not on paper, it doesn't exist. And I agree with that. If it's not on paper, it's just an idea. Um, I think the next layer is a budget. I think for the average person, having a budget that you actually live by and calculate month over month over month is a cornerstone and financial discipline um, to be able to lead to the results that we want. And uh, and so if you don't have a budget, start the budget. I think other layers is building in mechanisms uh, that is, uh, I'd call it like financial hygiene, but creating mechanisms that just make it automatic. So um, when I think I call it financial hygiene, because I think it's so similar to personal hygiene. Like we all know that it's good and right that we should shower, brush our teeth, floss. Like these are things that are beneficial for our personal hygiene. And so what do we do? We put our toothbrush by our sink. We do it in the morning, night, you know, we take care of ourselves and these become things that we honestly do on autopilot because we just know it's become part of our personal like hygiene habit, Right. So there are things in our finances that I think are in the next layer to this. So outside of the budgeting, I go, what are the, the 
uh, finance hygiene things that we should be doing. So yes, running your budget, I think is actually a component of that. I think other layers of that is going, are you building, you know, somewhat of like an emergency fund or the rainy day fund? Um, if it's not fully funded, uh, to make sure that you've made it a habit to save and put money away every month. So once again, you've heard me talk about this broken record here because it's personal finance, not a whole lot of new things under the sun, but as you get your budget in place, man, you should be having a like game plan that every month you're targeting X number of dollars to go into a savings account. And that savings account then leads to our next portion of personal financial hygiene, which goes into investing. And so for some people, it's 401k, it's IRA. Some of you, it's gearing up and diving into real estate investing. Others of you, it's investing into starting your own business. There's so many opportunities, but there's the savings component, make it part of your habits. There's the investing component, make it part of your habits, make these things non-negotiable, make them automatic. Um, I think another big layer of this, and I probably would actually start here is generosity. Um, Y'all know faith-based kind of podcast here. And so I think living a life of generosity and obedience um, to our giving, to our tithes, all those kind of things, I think are non-negotiable and actually like the starting point of all blessing of all faithfulness. Um, And I say that both from a scripture perspective, but also personally lived it out. Um, and so I think that those are, those are a few just quick hitting low hanging fruit of things that you can put into practice when it comes to your behavior. And so we're talking about behavior. I think one of the last things that I want to hit on here, I think it's one of the most overlooked components of our financial journey and our financial kind of trajectory is around, um, education about growing yourself, about resourcing yourself, and so when I look at all the people that I admire when it comes to their faith, their finances, and their generosity, they are always people that have a deep desire and a consistency of growing and learning. And uh, we talk a lot about that in so many other spaces of life. I, you know, I think about work. We always talk about like professional development. How are you growing yourself? How are you learning? What new skills are you sharpening? I think that's so great, so needed. But I go... I look at your finances, it's a point of stress for thousands and millions of Americans. And I go, how are you growing yourself? What podcasts are you listening to? Oh, hey, welcome to Hack Your Finance Podcast. But what what content are you consuming? What books are you reading? What YouTube channels are you watching that's helping grow your financial literacy? Um, because this is this is a game of learning. Um, so there's people that want to grow into new spaces that go, I want to do short-term rentals or long-term rentals. I want to do real estate. I want to do crypto. I want to do stock investing. I want to invest into businesses. There are so many ways and lanes to be able to live and build a bigger financial world in life. Um, but what I found is that the, like the really, uh, big ways that have multiples in terms of like how to grow wealth, how to grow your income, all those things are directly attached to growing your financial literacy, of being able to do the deep dives. And so for us, just transparency, a large portion of our net worth has been built and grown through uh, purchasing real estate and doing long-term rentals. And uh, people always look at that and they go like, man, I just want to do that. How'd you get into it? How'd you get into it? And I go, um, I read you know the classic book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, um, super great, fun read. Um, and then the other thing is I listened to 200 plus hours of Bigger Pockets podcast. Um, and it first started as like, oh, I just want to learn a little bit and became something that I'm going, oh, I think I can do this, but I need to learn. I need to grow. I need to get a mentor. I need to start talking to people. I need to meet with my real estate agent and learn more about the market. And it was this ever growing process of keeping an eye on things, learning things, going to conferences, all of these components that help us grow. 
Um, but I know too many people that look at their finances, they look at where they're at, they look at their habits and go like, it's just broken, it's inevitable. And I go, man, you can grow. You can grow your perspective. You can grow your skill set. Um, and so I'll stop ringing the bell on behavior change, um, but I do believe that's such a big part of a lasting change when it comes to New Year's resolutions and new perspectives for our finances. You know, we've hit on a lot of the positives around how to build, you know, the New Year, New Me, your New Year's resolutions for your finances. I think there's a lot of great content of what to do, um, but I think it's equally important to hit on things to watch out for, you know, common pitfalls and things that I think traps that people fall into when it comes to their New Year's resolution. Um, and so I think it's super important to know about these things, to be on guard of them. Um, and so I think one of the most common things is uh, we, it's just so easy to get discouraged um, early in the journey um, because we feel like we're running by ourselves. And so I'm going to say, you know, a common, a common pitfall is just not having accountability or having people that you're running the race with. So when you think about people that are really successful at change in their life, it's usually because they're doing it in community or they're doing it with other people, people that are helping keep them accountable. So for people that are going to the gym, it's the personal trainer or it's the personal training class and group that helps them create that level of consistency. And so when it comes to your finances, who are the people in your life that you can set goals and sell and celebrate with? That's another point I want to hit on, but like there's a layer of bringing people into your journey and setting goals and being able to share them and, and being able to have somebody ask you questions about them. Um, and so I think that's always a fun one is like bringing people along in your journey um, because, uh, I found it's easy for me to cheat the change that I want to have in my life, but it becomes way harder when people know about the change, um, that I'm trying to accomplish because they encourage me. They encourage me to keep going. Um, they encourage me not to give up. And so get yourself some friends and community that can do that. I think another major pitfall when it comes to uh, our New Year's resolutions is I think, um, you know, I talked in the beginning about setting big goals, 10x goals, but I think uh, uh, like the uh, counterbalance to that is also, I think sometimes we set unrealistic goals. And so I think that there's a layer of like, hey, big faith, big dreams. Um, but I think also there's a layer of like, you need to be realistic because if you set too big of a goal, it gets super discouraging really fast. And so it's the, it's the person that has like a, a fitness or wellness goal in the beginning of the year. And they go, I want to lose 20 pounds in 30 days. You go that, um, not only is probably physically improbable, but also if you do that sounds physically unhealthy. Um, and so people sometimes set those goals, uh, for their finances and they just got done with Christmas. They just got done loading up their credit card with all this debt. And then they go, I'm going to be out of debt in 60 days. And you're like, um, maybe if you didn't eat or use any gas and didn't pay your mortgage and didn't do any of that stuff, you might get out of debt, um, in 30 days. You're like, so there's a layer of like being realistic about the progress that you can make in the year, um, and towards your goal. And, you know, it's this classic quote, that we hear about all the time, and I think it's super applicable to New Year's resolutions, is that we overestimate what we can do in one year, but drastically underestimate what we can do in five. And so I think there's a layer of even when it comes to identity and uh, attached to our New Year's resolutions, that like we really have to change our perspective of time and uh, our ability to like draw back and go, man, I do have big goals for one year, but I have to understand this is a long game that I'm playing. Finances, business, generosity, building wealth, building generational wealth. These, this is a long game. Um, and I'll even attest to heck your finances is a great example. March, we we had a launch party. We celebrated. We're like, we got this course recorded. It's going to be super exciting. That was March. Um, it is now November and we cashed our first check and the company made its first 
amount of revenue. Um, and so it's been, you know, seven, eight months. Um, and it's been a journey. And so things move slower sometimes when we're thinking about the goals that we want to set, but we keep driving towards them. But this is what I know. I think that I set a too big of a goal of how many churches we'd want to be partnering with by the end of the year. But I know my five-year goal is way too small. Um, and it's just because I know that there's a big time ramp of great behavior um, and great work and great, great. Um, yeah, it's like our fitness. It's, it's great work. It takes a lot of time. Um, and so that's my encouragement to you is don't set unrealistic goals. And so the final pitfall that I think is worth flagging is um, I think a lot of times we forget our why. Um, and so when you're creating your new year's resolution, when you're creating the new me, your new plans, the things you want to change, I think it's so important to dive into the why behind your what, you know, um, Ted talk, you know, Simon always talks about like the why and drilling into like, what's the reason behind the thing? Like I always say to people, like, what's the thing behind the thing behind the thing? Um, and I found that, uh, the average person doesn't know how to really, they don't take time to pull back the layers to their why. They just go, this sounds great. And I think that's why a lot of times people cheat on like the progress that they want to make in their lives um, and their, in their fitness and their finances and their faith, all these things, um, because they actually haven't synthesized the reason why they're doing something. But the why is what keeps you up. The why is what keeps you up at night. The why is what makes you stay, like wake up early to go to the gym. The why is the reason why you make sacrifices for the future. Um, it's because you have a big why. And a lot of times people just go, I know the what. I want to get out of debt. What's the uh, what's, your, what's your what? I'm, I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to go on vacation. Um, I want to give my 10% this year. For the first time, I want to fully tithe. And you go, why? And they go, because um, it's the thing to do right? It's the thing to invest in my 401k. It's the thing to have a budget. And I go, no, 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 no. Like we have to have a deeper conviction and a deeper why. And uh, man, that's, it. it's hard work, uh, but it's absolutely worth it um, to dig deeper into your why behind your what. And so whatever goals you're setting, whatever behaviors you're looking to change, man, it's just so important that we have a deeper why. We pull back the later layers. And my prayer and my hope is that your why is bigger than you because when the why is bigger than us, and we're willing to to go way further, work way harder, um, because we understand that it's not just about ourselves. And I'll even share for myself, you know, um, hack your finances. It's a, it's work. It's a grind. And even last night, my wife and I work until eleven thirty midnight, and uh, working through email campaigns and working through different things. And uh, you know, we're both tired. We're going to bed, and I stopped and I looked at her and I said, "Man, I love this." And she was like why it's midnight. I want to be asleep. And I go, no, I love this because I know that two things are going to, two things are happening right now. One, um, I'm doing this because of the people on the other side of this course. I'm doing this because of the impact it's going to make in people's lives. And I know that it's worth it. And so that makes me excited. Like that makes me pumped for the sacrifice. Um, the second thing is it was one of those nights that was revealing of like, oh, this is why not everybody does this. Like there is a reason why not everybody builds a business. I was like that most people right now at 1130 at night, they want to be sleeping or scrolling Instagram or watching Netflix. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I have like no shame if that's what you did the night before as you listen to this podcast. Um, but for me, I, I it's the deep why that produced that conviction to go, that's what we're doing tonight. And my hope and my prayer is that when you look at your finances, you find that deep why. You find that deep conviction that you go, this is why we, babe, like you look at your spouse and you go, this is why we need to do a budget this year. Because we are buried in student loan debt. And I don't want little Timmy to have to go to college and pay for it by himself and use fedloan.com to be able to make it through college. I want to be able to bless him. You know, there's people in here that 
Uh, you haven't taken your family on a vacation because money's been so tight, but money's tight because you don't track it. And you're going, man, this is the first year you're going to celebrate and go on a vacation um, and not put on a credit card. There's some of you out there, you're buying your first real estate deal this year because you got a bigger why. You know, and I'll share this for me. I love, I look at our first rental property, the first house we ever lived in. Two, it's a sm- small little two bed, one bath house. And I am so pumped to be able to give Liam the keys to that house when he turns 18 and and have taught him how to manage a property and he, he can move into it. He can rent it. He can sell it. He can turn it into short rental. I don't, I don't care, but I'm super pumped to be able to do that. Um, because that's my why I go, man, that's why we're holding on to it. Um, because it'd be super easy to cash out and get a, you know, fat paycheck by selling a house in this market. Um, but we know the why behind our what's, um, and I think it's such a powerful principle when it comes to lasting change in our lives. And so as we wrap up this uh, podcast, uh, talking about you know lasting change, talking about the power of New Year's resolutions in our finances, I just want to encourage you with two final things. One, um, in this journey, as you kick off into you know your new you, your new money, um, is celebrate often, man. Look for ways to celebrate the change and the progress you're making. So find all of the little wins that you possibly can. Um, man, I'll tell you, like I've recently started a new habit in my life and I've been celebrating every time I'm like, I'm one week, I'm one week in, I'm two weeks in, I've, I've been consistent three weeks. And like, it's the ability to celebrate that. And people are like, oh, that's like, you're celebrating. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, maybe it doesn't sound big to you, but it's, I'm pumped. It's big for me. Cause I want to celebrate it. Cause I know that me celebrating it makes me super jacked to get to the next milestone. Like, man, we did our budget this month. Hey, we stuck to our budget this month. Like celebrate that, dude. Celebrate that with friends. And you'd be, you'd be surprised at the number of friends that go, dude, that's awesome. Uh, we should do that. Like we, sh- we should start tracking our money. That, I, that sound, I've, I see how pumped you feel about it. Maybe I should do it. Um, and so, man, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate every point you can of the progress that you're making in your finances. And man, my final thing for you is uh, slow and steady wins the race. You know, we, we hear this when we were little kids, the tortoise and the hare. But man, it's so true when it comes to change and progress in our lives. Um, man, it's just the, it's the journey of making like change after change after change. It's the little 1% improvement in the way that we manage our money. It's the one decision of, you know, not spending over our budget and going out to eat just because we want to. It's, it's the little thing after little thing that builds upon our financial journey. And so don't be discouraged by that. Don't be discouraged if you feel like it starts slower than you want. Um, because it's just a cascading event of just a snowball of getting bigger and better and better and better. And each month you run your budget, you're going to find yourself getting slightly better at it. Each time you delay gratification, it gets easier to do it. Every time you put money into that savings account or you're investing and you're preparing for that, it gets easier and easier and gets more and more fun. And so start that journey. Um, But man, like I said, happy new year. I hope you're pumped for uh, new year's resolutions and the changes you want to make in your finances. My prayer is that you stay the course, that you'd be encouraged, work on those goals, work on your identity, grow, learn, keep listening to the podcast, keep diving into the person that you want to be in your financial journey. And uh, man, I'm super pumped to, uh, I hope to hear testimonies and stories of people's finances um, looking a whole lot different coming into next year. And so, man, thank you all for listening. Uh, Man, if this has been valuable to you, uh, my only ask is for you to leave a quick review wherever you're listening means the world and helps uh, get the word out, out. And so if you want to share on social, it'd mean the world to me. Um, but love you guys. Hope this has been encouraging and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.